2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and
0: situations.
2: What is the plan for Dak today? Will he
0: be in the rehab group do quarterback school? Um, Dak Dak Prescott will be in the rehab group to start off with, but then he'll go through quarterback school. uh, and He will do some light throwing at the end of practice.
1: As you stand here right now,
2: Cooper is starting Sunday against the
0: Eagles. We're prepared for Cooper to start against the Eagles.
2: Cooper Rush, Sunday night, NBC. Yet again, starting for the Cowboys. He is 4-0 and this year, 5-0 and for his career as the starter in place of Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys are winning. And We know it's not Cooper Rush playing like the brothers of Cooper Manning. We know that it's a total team effort, but they're still winning. They're winning. And they have found this sweet spot where they can keep riding this current formula while Dak Prescott gets back to 100%. And it's clear, Chris, he's not 100%. And and I think if he's not going to play this weekend, just wait until after the bye. Bears and Lions on tap. They can beat the Bears and Lions with Cooper Rush kick it through until week 10 when you go to Green Bay and then presumably you've got Dak Prescott at 100%.
1: Well, I don't I don't totally disagree with you there. You're right. I mean, it's, it's the the big thing is just why rush it? Why? And you know, and if we're just starting to throw and Jerry Jones makes, you know, hey, grip, you know, he's made comments about the grips. This is going to be the thing we got to look at and he's got to be able to really spin it. That tells me he can't really spin it right now. So that he's not there yet. And, and, again, they're going to need him, as we've talked about a lot. Yeah, Cooper Rush has done a very good job. There's no doubt about it. But they're, 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 he's just a part of a, a rolling, high-functioning machine right now in Dallas. And when the guy's open, he's hitting them. He's not doing anything above and beyond that. And, you know, that, that's fine. He doesn't have to. But at some point, they're going to need a quarterback that can do something beyond that and above and beyond that. And that, that's where Dak Prescott will come, come and play. Um, but yeah, they, they, they they're gonna be able the way their team is, they're gonna be able to compete with anybody at quarterback. Because they just you can't overmatch them up front. They got playmakers, they got speed, and their defense, Mike, this is where I can't wait to watch it this weekend. And I know we're watching Cooper rush and all that, but I mean I, I'm I wanna see how good I know the Dallas defense is good, right? We know it's top five ish, and I don't think it's gonna leave there. Top five ish, top ten-ish. But I'm getting to the verge, like, are, are we are we watching, like, maybe the 2015 Broncos where they, they can't even, you know, offense is just average, but the defense scores a touchdown and sets up a short field every game like the Jacksonville Jaguars of 2017, where it's just going to be like, yeah, every game they, they score a touchdown or at least give the offense the ball at the 10-yard line. I mean, that's where we're on the verge of the Dallas where I'm very excited to see them match up against this Eagles offense this weekend.
2: We spent some time talking about Odell Beckham Jr., also, last segment, we had the draft yesterday of the teams we'd like to see sign yeah. him. And the Cowboys were one of the ones I picked. And that could that could goose the offense in Dallas a little bit when Dak comes back. And maybe the planets line up in December. And he ends up wearing that blue star on the side of his helmet. Let's have a listen to both Micah Parson and Trayvon Diggs, two of the key defensive players in Dallas, on Jalen Hurts and the rest of the Philadelphia offense.
1: They really don't have a weakness. I think they have three really good receivers. They got a great group of backs. They got a quarterback who's been pretty phenomenal this year in terms of continuing plays, making big plays. Uh, he made a big jump from last year. Um, you know, it's, it's a big challenge. We play some really good offenses, so, you know, I think we're up to it. We just got to go out there and
2: fight. I see that he's a lot better from last year. You know, I play with him. I know how hard he works. You know, I know his work ethic. I know he's always going to get better every year, you know. So, you know, uh, we just got to be prepared, you know. He's doing really good this season, and we just got to come ready. Where have
1: you seen the improvement
2: he's made? Um, His decision-making. His making the right decisions, throwing the ball, um, his running abilities. You know, everything, his whole game increased. Trayvon Diggs is absolutely right. Jalen Hurts, I believe, becoming a franchise quarterback before our eyes now. Is it because he's got phenomenal help around him, coupled with a great defense, but he's still playing much better than I ever thought that he would, and hopefully this has shut down the ongoing, never-ending quest by the Eagles to upgrade over Jalen Hurts, and they're going to have to upgrade whether they're thinking about paying him after the season, the way that he's been playing this year and the way the team is going. So we'll see. This is going to be a hell of a test. Yeah, it is. I've gone back and forth on who I like in this one. We'll make our picks in the Joint Picks podcast later today. We'll be locked and loaded for Sunday night football. Chris will reserve the right to change his pick come Sunday night. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I never have. But, uh, this one I know, but you've thought about it. I did. Been tempted that
1: Kansas City one because of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, down in Miami and practice all week. That was the first time ever I was very tempted to to pull in the uh, the change and and uh, pulling the change rip pull the ripcord there.
2: We we still got some time though to make our final decision, and this one isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for Jason Peters either. He's going to hear it from. The Eagles fans. He had some choice things to say about the Cowboys when he was with the Eagles. He had some things to say about Eagles fans yesterday. Now, this isn't the the unrated NSFW version of what Peters said. Apparently, that was not posted by the Cowboys on their website. But Damn, a little bit what come on. Peters had to say yesterday about playing the Eagles back in Philly.
0: Just keep your blinders on. Then put the earplugs in because, you know, the, the crowd going to be in it. They're going to be blurting out all kind of crazy stuff at you. Uh... Right. Might even be throwing stuff. So just got to, you know, trust your preparation during the week and, and, and keep your blindness, keep your head down, and just go play ball. Oh, not really. You know them fans, they they, they so wild. They, they might go to throwing stuff at me. So I'm not, I'm not expecting nothing, nothing worse than them throwing stuff at me.
2: Keep your helmet on. Keep your helmet on. That was the advice that Jack Lambert once gave Tony Dungy when the Steelers were playing the Browns in Cleveland. Keep your helmet on no matter what. And Tony tells a great story about it because – something happened with Jack Lambert during the game, and he actually had his helmet off, and he was swinging it at Browns players. They got into a fight, right. and, and he got ejected, and Coach Dungy said to Lambert, hey, I thought you said keep your helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> great. <laughs> but yeah, Jason Peters, unless you're – don't swing we – don't, we don't condone swinging the helmet, so I'm not even going to make that crack. Just keep your helmet on yeah. in, uh, in Philadelphia. Probably good advice for any member of any opposing team, especially if you've played for the Eagles. And it doesn't matter why or how you left – Poor Jalen Rager. He was a failure there, and they fired him, and he still got booed that Monday night that he was back with the Vikings. Every time he was on the field for Minnesota, he got booed relentlessly as if he pulled you know, a T.O. and forced his way out of town.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I know. Well, that's, the Philly fans are awesome. I mean, they're, they're as passionate as it gets. It's, it's you know one of the, the more interesting experiences you can ever be a part of in the NFL when you go to a game in Philadelphia. It is. I mean, it's 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 they're they're passionate. They're brutal. They'll say a lot of creative crazy things and they can be very mean as well. And you do have to keep your head on a swivel. There's no doubt about that. You know, I I But, but yeah.
2: They they did not boo Doug Peterson. No. I have and, to acknowledge that. Well, and I would They gave him a standing ovation. That's where I was
1: going to go with Jason Peters. Like I, I he's the best left tackle in the history of their organization, right? I mean, it was a huge part of them winning the Super Bowl. I-, I just can't imagine them being too angry at him. Yeah, they they parted well, ways. What
2: he's playing for the Cowboys. I know. I mean, if Doug Peterson was the Cowboys' coach, I don't. It think It would have add to the fuel. Ovation.
1: You're right. There's nobody yeah, they hate yeah. more than the Cowboys for sure. But that that's just you know another element that adds to this game. And then you know it's just th- that and like we were talking about a minute ago, that great defense against what you heard Trayvon Diggs and Michael Parsons talk about an offense that really doesn't have a weakness and the one thing Dallas did last year in their first matchup against them was and I think Philadelphia dropped the ball a little bit Philadelphia didn't run the ball they threw the ball too much and really got manhandled in Dallas early on in the football season that's one my one little issue with Philadelphia and you've heard me say this I think a few weeks in a row I, they're, they're a little too quick to go, let's throw the ball, let's throw the ball, let's throw the ball, and I'm going to go, your offensive line is dominant. Let's play through that a little bit more here. And there's at times where I feel like they do get a little bit pass happy. Um, but, but at the same time, it's, 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 the formula is working. And like you said, Jalen Hurts has been good. There's no doubt. I'm still not like, like, oh, my gosh, Jalen Hurts, this is amazing. The game is very easy for him because the team is phenomenal. I mean, you can watch a game – Right? Like, I was watching the Washington game on film yesterday because I wanted to go back and get another feel for Washington and all that. And I went there, and his stats were good. But you watch the game, and you go, I don't know if he really threw one big time NFL pass the whole game. He threw four jump balls where his guys went up and made unbelievable catches and got it. And then he threw a bunch of screens. And so that's where, you know, I get people that tweet at me, like, why don't you consider him like Mahomes or Josh Allen? I'm like, are we on the same planet? Are we watching the same game? One guy's on a team that's borderline all-star team. The other two guys are – they do everything for the team. They are the team. Everything goes through them. And that's where he's solidified himself as the starting quarterback of the Eagles and in the NFL. It's just to me now, let's evaluate how good is it, you know, how much money does he get. All of those things are going to be, I think, dictated by what we see here as we go on through the season.
2: You mentioned Allen and Mahomes. They will be the course before that Cowboys-Eagles showdown on Sunday Night Football. 4-1 and one Bills, 4-1 and one Chiefs. The Bills, three-point favorites. And look, the regular season game doesn't matter. This is how I sold Cowboys-Eagles earlier in the week. With Cowboys-Eagles, we really don't know how good these teams are. We know the Bills and Chiefs are good. And we know they're on a collision course to meet again in the postseason. This one doesn't matter. Other than to maybe help determine where the rematch is played. Exactly. Although last year it didn't matter. The Bills won in the regular season. And they still had to go back yeah. to Kansas City for the playoff game, but first time ever, Chris, Patrick Mahomes in his NFL career is an underdog at home. That's the kind of thing that he, he, he'll he shrug about it, but you know it's got to burn him that he's considered is not the favorite to win a game in his stadium. That's going to give him a little extra kick. I don't know if it's going to matter, yeah. but it's going to give him a little extra kick. Not that he needs it against a team like the Bills and Josh. Allen. Yeah,
1: I know, but they, they, they like the extra kick in Kansas City. They do. They like it. And I think, you know, like you just said right there at the end, the, the, the real kick is he knows who's coming to town. He knows it's the only guy that's like, you know, a real, real threat to his throne of the greatest quarterback in the game right now. He knows who's coming to town. And, and I think they got a little bit of a you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson thing going on where they, oh, wait, wait, you did this on Sunday? Watch me Monday night. I'm going to do this. Oh, you did that on Sa- Thursday? Watch me on Sunday. I'm going to do this. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt. This is a, a friendly rivalry where they both want to be king, and they're both playing at very, very high levels. So that's where it's amazing. And Buffalo is better than last year. They are better. I, I understand that. I'm shocked that it's still a three-point spread, but I do think they're a, a much better football team, and especially when their defense is healthy. And that's where they're different, I think, going into this matchup as to years past. They, they are, their defense has legit playmakers on it now. Their defensive line is truly a force to be reckoned with, where the last few years, I felt like they were doing it with smoke and mirrors with great coaching from Leslie Fra- Frazier and McDermott. Now they got the Jimmys and the Joes to go with the X's and O's, and that's why they're scary good on that side of the ball.
2: This has become the Tom brady Peyton manning rivalry right. we've been waiting for ever since Manning retired. Yeah. There were a bunch of possibilities out there. We were constantly scanning the NFL landscape for which Will kind of organically become it and it and it is because they keep meeting in the postseason that's the key it's good to meet in the regular season meeting in the postseason is what makes that manning brady rivalry and to do that you have to be pretty damn good you got to run your division you got to own your division you got to keep getting back to the playoffs and these two teams are positioned to do that now and into the future chris
1: yeah they are and and i'm hoping that it it is you know brady and manning was one of the things i asked josh allen when i was up there this summer just like do you do you realize like you're in the middle of this right now? Like, and you know, he was like, yeah, I don't think about it a lot, but but I do realize that he was, he's, he's not stupid. He understands what's going on here. And I think what's different too, is there, I think there's a real admiration and respect and liking of the other guy where Peyton and, and Brady, I think had respect. I don't think when they were playing, they liked each other. They probably like, I, I didn't feel that way. This one, I feel like there's a little bit of a bromance and a little bit like of like, Hey. You do this, but watch me one up you here, and I, that's where it's a little different too. But uh, nonetheless, I think the pressure will be real, and like you said, I think there's a good chance this dictates who's the number one seed in the AFC, and and does get you know the game and the playoff games uh, held on their turf.
2: And I think it's personality driven too. I mean, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, neither guy wants anyone else to be in that. Mega spotlight. They want to be the guy. Yeah, right. And uh, I think there's a, there's a greater sense of sharing with Mahomes and Allen. Yeah, I understand. They can be stars, but other people can be stars as well. Who's playing better right now between the two? In your mind,
1: I'm going to go with Allen. I mean, I'm, it, and that's not you know, it's not easy to say. Uh, but for my money, Allen's the MVP of football so far to this point. He is, and. You know, even losing in, losing the game to the Dolphins, I understand that. But, damn, I mean, they, they had, what, half their team out? I mean, literally. I'm not joking. Out of the 22 starters, I think it was half the team that didn't play. And he was still amazing in a one-man show. And then they would come back in Baltimore in a slop fest, rainy, had a lot of, you know, balls dropped, balls go through guys' hands, interceptions. But, you know, other than those two games where they weren't just absolutely dominant, I mean, he's been – phenomenal he's he's like Mahomes I think even more to a level this year where it's like he's got the cheat code like we talked about after the Tennessee game on Monday night or like what we saw last week it's just like there's a thing here right now with Allen where it's like you can't be right it's going to have to take a special effort on the defensive side of the ball because he could beat you with his brain and accuracy and decisions, and then we know he's got the arguably the strongest arm in football, and then, oh, wait, none of that's there, and then he can get out of the pocket and run along with a quarterback design run. So I'll give the edge to Allen right now, but Mahomes is playing damn good football too.
2: We've talked about the two biggest games for Week 6. We'll pivot to some of the other Week 6 matchups with a grab bag. When this Thursday edition of PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel, continues right after this.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
2: I am no fashion expert, but the backward hat with the tuft of hair carefully manicured through the hole at age 45. That's a bold choice. I didn't mention that Jimmy G's starting to let the salt and pepper come through, but I know how this movie ends. Eventually, he's gonna see it, and then he's gonna show up looking like Creed from The Office the day that all of the toner from the copy machine ended up on his head. Bill Belichick, look at a guy who's never worn a suit and tie before in his life. Hey, Bill Belichick, that's how you wear a suit. What the hell is he wearing? Is that a cloak? Is it a
1: poncho? Does look like he might pull out his, you know, saber and fight Darth Vader. I don't
2: know if he's just embracing the dark side fully and completely or what. <laughs> well, he's now a Sith Lord. <laughs> well done. Well done. The the look at mash-up you, the fashion of, expert. The, the mashup of, some of these guys make it too easy. Creed with Jimmy G's face, that's well done. That actually looked like a real person. Like there's somebody out there walking around that looks just like that. Can we pull that up? I thought that was very, there it is. That's, that's, that's that is really perfect. Good. And it's just kind of horrifying. Scary.
1: Exactly right. It's yeah. like, damn, it's yeah. almost too good and too real. It's, yeah. uh, they morph so, two people uh, together there. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was good though. I like you. You're a fashion expert for the guy who just grabs the, grabs the most available shirt on the couch oh. next to his bed. Oh, <laughs>
2: and, and let me tell you something. Oh, that thing smells today. Yeah, it didn't get washed last week, and and uh, you don't have to down. wear it. You can wear something else. I mean, but it's the Thursday tradition. Okay, the, the people expect it, and <laughs> it, it just makes it easier for me to sleep a little bit later on on Thursday, uh, so I don't have to find like a shirt and iron it and make sure it's clean. This was in the barn last Thursday night, oh. at the Colts Broncos game, got and some it's cigar those of you in there. who noticed. What I said on Twitter, usually I have a cigar the second half of the game. This week, I'm going to go score some meth for the second half of this one. So there's a different kind of funk coming from the PFT quarter wait, zip this Thursday.
1: Wait. Also, uh, you sent out that picture of your bar, right? And, you know, people were looking at the drinks. I didn't – did you – you got vodka there? Like, I'm a vodka drinker. It didn't look like you had
2: any vodka. It looked like a whole bunch of – I don't – You know what? I said the – Yeah? Ne- nestled between – the right side of the bar and the refrigerator with all the magnets is a half gallon of Tito's. Okay. So there is volume. All right, It good. just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit on any of the shelves. And by the way, my nephew built that thing by hand with wood from wow. trees that we cut down on our property. Whoa! So look at that. That's the place to guys. Be. Paul Bunyan the over there, huh? We'll be we'll be down there. Very very well done. But I don't. You can't quite make out the the half.
1: I kind yeah, of I think I, know, I kind it's, it's, of see it over there a yeah. little bit. I do see that big bottle of 1942 front and center on the top. Can't hide. Oh, money. Yes. Can't hide Literally, that no. cash. He's you know, buying the big baller bottles now.
2: Some some asshole I know bought me a bottle of it once for Christmas and gave me a taste for it. Yeah. Like drug got you. Hooked. Like he's got Woo. stock at yes. Don Julio. Buy your friends a bottle of Don Julio, and then they'll acquire a taste for it, and they'll start. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous how much it costs. It is. I don't. I rarely drink it. Every yeah. time I drink it, I think I can't believe I'm drinking this. It's too expensive. <laughs> All right, grab bag time for Week Six: Ravens at the Giants. Ravens are three and two. Giants somehow are four and one. Fill in the blank for me, Christopher. I'll believe the Giants are for real if they what?
1: Win this weekend. I'm gonna make it simple. I mean, a- again, I- I'm definitely on the fence. I'm a Giants fan. This is awesome. Four and one. Wow. I guess I should believe they're somewhat real after beating the Packers last weekend. Um, but, you know, there's elements about their game that we know. It, it's just it's not all that impressive. They're really just playing mistake free football and playing the proper way. And they've been fortunate with their schedule to play some teams that they match up well with. Uh, and listen, I, I think they match up well with the Ravens this weekend. I don't think it's like crazy to think that the the Giants can't beat the Ravens. You don't think Wink Martindale and company, the Giants have a pretty good defense. You don't think he knows that offense a little bit to slow down Lamar? And then on the other side of the ball, you know, the, the Ravens defense still stinks. It stinks. They they were better last week. They played more conservatively. But, man, the Bengals' offense and what they do is elementary, too. It's, it's like a third-grade offense. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, I, I've been saying it for the last two weeks. They, Jamar Chase runs two routes. It's, it's not hard to figure out Cincinnati. It's all relying on their talent. They don't do anything. So, I don't know how much better I feel about Baltimore. I feel Giants win this one. I'm going to go, okay, they're, they're a legit, like, playoff football team.
2: I, I think they already are for real. And yeah. Regardless of what happens in this one, they're at the Jaguars, at the Seahawks, by week, Texans-Lions at home before the Thanksgiving showdown with the Cowboys. One of those games that didn't look all that great when they pulled the sheet off the schedule in May, but wow. That middle game on Thanksgiving, they're gonna have 60 million people tuned into that one. If oh the Cowboys You're continue on the track they're on, so right. I think they're all ready for real, and I won't be surprised. Okay, I've been struggling. I've been struggling. Yeah, that's as a tough I one. Map out my picks right. for Week Six. I've been struggling with Giants and Ravens, Patriots at the Browns. Both are two and three. Buy or sell if Bailey Zappi starts and plays well against the Browns there will be a quarterback controversy in New England
1: well I'm selling that I you know again is this just the new thing we are involved in the NFL backup quarterback comes in plays one game and looks good and now we talk about should he start over the guy that we've seen is pretty damn good and proven already like Mac Jones took them to the playoffs as a rookie with a team that we all looked at and when their offense ain't that talented you know done well okay He's done well. That game played out perfectly for him the other day. At one point, he was five for seven for 60 yards and an interception, and they were up 13 to nothing. So it wasn't because of Bailey Zappi, all right? It wasn't. You know, they got into a game where, because Dan Campbell and Jared Goff decided just to spot New England 13 points, to where. They could run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Oh, now it's a play-action pass, and somebody's wide open. Here you go, completion. Whoa, whoa, look at that. He's executing the offense. So, no, I'm not ready to go there. It's been very good. It's been solid, but come on. It's one game against the shitty Lions defense and a horrible management of the game by Dan Dan Campbell.
2: I... I will say this though. Yeah. Bill Belichick has had two opportunities this week. Right. to say that Mac Jones is the starter when healthy and he hasn't. It happened again yesterday. And and he he doesn't answer the question. And Why don't you just say Mac Jones is the starter when he's healthy? What's the harm in that, especially as it relates to your relationship with Mac Jones? And I say that because I continue to have reason to believe there's something going on between Mac Jones and the team right now. And I know it seems like it's not the kind of thing that happens with the Patriots. They're all programmed. They're all robots. Nobody ever pushes back against the system. Right. But I feel like something's going on there. And that may be the root cause of Belichick's reluctance to declare that Mac Jones is the starter when healthy. So I think the door is still open for Bailey Zappi just because there may be something that's askew between Jones and the Patriots. 49ers, 3 and 2, Falcons, 2 and 3, scale of 1 to 10. What's your confidence level in the 49ers overcoming a, a slew of injuries, which seems to hit them, seems to bite them every other year or right, so, this right. struggle to get through their injuries?
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, my confidence level in them is still pretty high. I'm gonna put it at an eight out of the ten. Uh, I, I, again, I just I, you know it's it's unfortunate, you know, and I think that's also what's amazing. I mean, as dominant as they were last week, again, I mean, Bosa came out of the game pretty early. Eric Armstead hasn't played in a few weeks. Javon Kinlaw's been in and out of the lineup, and they're still like you just go well. They're still the most dominant defense in football, for for my money. You know that that's what's amazing about them. Now, the the thing that stinks about the injuries this week is just the fact that you know atlanta can run the football and they've run the football just on about everybody now the 49ers are the best run defense in football so i'm excited to kind of see that matchup but i I still look at the 49ers as extremely good and if they can just weather the storm through these injuries and these guys get back here in a few weeks uh watch out i think everything's pointing in the right direction for the san francisco 49ers
2: yeah i I really believe that and they're a team you know we're seeing Teams out there that have inflated records that are barely beating their opponents like the Vikings in a very fictitious and false 4-1. and one. The 49ers, when when they hit their groove and they come up against a team that they're better than, they kick the crap out of them. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's going to happen again this weekend to the Falcons. Panthers 1-4, Rams 2-3. and three. What number will be higher in this game? Matthew Stafford sacks or Rams touchdowns? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to say sacks, though. I am. I'm going to say sacks.
1: You know, they they might score three touchdowns and maybe two field goals and have 27 points, but I'm going to say he gets sacked more than three times in this game. I am. And then what, what's unfortunate for them a little bit is you don't know exactly what to expect now from the Carolina defense. You know, it's a good thing, hey, oh, they change changing coaches and they're in a little turmoil in Carolina. But at the other time, the other part of it is, wait, they fired their defense coordinator and now the new head coach is the d- coordinator – And they could have some wrinkles and things that, you know, are not on film or that that have not been part of their DNA on that side of the ball. So I'll go with more sacks than TDs. What about you, Michael?
2: Yeah, I I will as well. There's been 21 sacks so far for Matthew Stafford this year. That's tied with Matt Ryan for most in the league. He was sacked five times. Stafford was against the Cowboys in week five. By the way, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald both missed practice on Wednesday with foot injuries. No indication they're going to miss the game. But, you know, as I said I think on Tuesday, as we were reacting to the firing of Matt Rule, the Rams are in the best spot here because they get the Panthers first with this turmoil with only six days for Steve Wilks and a revamped coaching staff to get ready. So that's good news for the Rams who desperately need a win this weekend. Let's take a break. When we return... The latest updates on the Dolphins quarterbacks is Tua returns to practice and Teddy Bridgewater remains in the protocol. Is it going to be Skyler Thompson on Sunday against the Vikings? We'll discuss that when PFT Live presented by Google Pixel continues right after this.
0: When
1: talking about this week and playing, uh, I don't see um, a scenario. I, I don't see him... Um, Being active, um, and I and I'm not gonna. I I do not plan to have him play at all. Teddy's whole week is going to be. He's he's just getting back um, and able to do and work with the trainers today. Um, Tomorrow he'll he'll be able to do a little bit of football in a limited capacity, Um, and uh, as a result, um, we'll be um, moving forward with uh, uh, planning on starting. Uh, Skyler Thompson this week.
2: There it is, straight from Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. Skylar Thompson, a guy who was a preseason phenom for the Dolphins, getting his first career start most likely this weekend. I remember a time when coaches weren't supposed to say anything at all about guys in the concussion protocol. Maybe the rules changed and, and I didn't notice, or maybe they're not enforced. But bottom line is guys are ready when the doctors say they're ready. And especially with Tua, Chris, I feel like, The standard that's going to apply to him before he ever gets back on the field again is going to be much higher than it's ever been for any player in the history of the league. And I don't say that with hyperbole. I mean it. It's going to be higher for him than it's ever been for anyone to get back on a football field.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the optics of the situation call for that, let alone I think the reality of the situation calls for it. Those are two significant Head injuries, a.k.a. back and foot injuries. What the hell? right? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I really am still sitting here going, that first game against the Bills, his back and ankle hurt because his body almost collapsed because his head couldn't control the rest of his body. So I'm sure he did have an injury in the back and the leg when your body crumbles because your brain's just been crushed for a second. They got to be careful. That's two big concussions in a short you know, period of time to where you want to make sure that heals and, and, like you said, the optics of it and all that. The Teddy Bridgewater one's the one that I guess I was surprised to learn about yesterday. I, again, there's still, there still seems to be that, you know, Teddy doesn't think he had a concussion. There's a lot of challenging of the spotter who thinks they saw a stumble, and nobody seems to think that there really was, but they're not going to push back on it right now in this environment. Uh, I was surprised that they called him out this quickly and that he's still in some sort of protocol here, you know, going into the Thursday practice.
2: And remember, Teddy had a pretty bad concussion last year and missed several games. And I think the diagnosis from the spotter that there was ataxia—that's the new buzzword that replaces gross motor instability—that that may have been an overreaction. And as I've yeah, said many times, like it, but I'd rather be an overreaction yeah. than underreaction. But as to Tua, here is my concern, right? And 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 look, I felt bad. Saying this a couple of weeks ago, and I've said it a few times and I've refined it. But the bottom line is this if you're not big enough to play in the NFL, you better be adept at protecting yourself. And if you're either normal sized like me, if you're that and you can't get rid of the football quickly, come up with some way to avoid taking big hits, you're not going to last. And it's ultimately going to be no different than not being fast enough, not being strong enough, not being big enough, not being good enough. If you can't protect yourself and yeah. you're going to go out there at six one one ninety, 190, and I would debate both of those measurements for Tua tonga Loa after meeting him in person, he ain't 190, and I don't think he's one. If you're that size and, you know, unlike you, Chris, or any of the other various quarterbacks who have come down the closest beanstalk, you grab a guy like that and you throw him to the ground... He's he's going to be more likely to get ragdolled right. and hit his head. Right. So we never yeah. saw Drew Brees get hit like that. Yeah. Why? Because he knew right. I got to get rid of the football. They're going to throw me around like a ragdoll. Right. Or and, just go down. And, and he's a
1: bigger man than yeah. Tua too to that point. But yeah, can, And if yeah. you
2: if you can't do it, it's no different than not being fast enough, not being strong enough, not being big enough, not being good enough. There's a point where you just can't play in the NFL if you if you're that size and you can't protect yourself. And I, it's, there's no birthright to be in the NFL. And just cause you've been in the NFL doesn't mean you get to stay in the NFL. If you can't protect yourself and you can't avoid these head injuries, you're not going to last in the NFL. Cause at some point they're just not going to clear you to play. Yeah. I, listen,
1: I I, Mike, I, I echo those same sentiments. I think that's one of the things I texted right then the night it happened right away. Like this is, this is the dangers of having a small quarterback in our little PFT group group text change. I mean, it it is. It is. Again, we saw Mahomes and Brady get ragdolled the same way. Their heads didn't hit the ground. And, in fact, Brady, Grady Jarrett had more of a hold on Brady. And Brady's light and stressed out and looks like he's skin and bones right now. But again, like you know, I think that's something that you and I have tried to to tell people. And I've even had you know some people at the gym come up to me and be like, "Hey, I heard what you said. I never thought about that." Yeah, you're not going to ragdoll Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady to the extent of a guy like you're saying that's six foot, you know, maybe 200 pounds, and let alone we've seen a lot of. Other hits in his short NFL career, where we just go, holy cow, did he get crushed there? So he's got to get a little bit better at that. To your point, it's a brutal sport, and you're right. It's it fair is not in the contract, uh, so you you got to earn it and stay healthy and do all that. And I'm a card carrying member of protect yourself in the pocket, or you can get your body effed up in a big way. Okay, and that's certainly for a smaller guy even, and holds more water than that.
2: I remember a former Dolphins quarterback who played college football up the road from me here in Morgantown, Pat White. Yeah, he took one big hit from Mike Taylor, and that—that that was it. Was yeah, it right done over, and 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 that that's the, the and look, I I admire the courage, almost brazen and reckless from Tua to put himself in those spots and get himself potentially injured, but you're going to get to the point where they're not going to let you play anymore if you can't keep yourself from suffering these head injuries. And I think it's going to be a while before he's back on the field now. And maybe part of letting him back on the field is making sure he understands the importance of avoiding similar outcomes and having his head hit the ground or otherwise putting himself unnecessarily in harm's way and not taking a sack, bailing out, throwing the ball away. And and that's what he's going to have to learn. Uh, another injury note for the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill. We mentioned this on Sunday night. Football Night America. He was in a walking boot, but I was told it wasn't anything serious other than the fact that he's in a walking boot. They do expect him. They're optimistic they don't play. They don't expect him to play. They're optimistic. Glass half full. The walking boot comes off and Tyreek Hill plays against the Vikings on Sunday. And, and regardless of who the quarterback is, you need that guy who's going to strike fear in the defense, especially when you can give him a quick pass and he can cut right through. The, the, the defense we saw do the Keystone Cops routine earlier when we watched the Justin Fields highlight. If they can't track down Justin Fields, they got no chance against Tyreek Hill.
1: No, you're right. And when you have a guy like Skylar Thompson or, you know, it, it, it's you need a guy like that because of, like, what you're saying. The stress he puts on the defense. You know, him and Waddle together coupled with how McDaniels calls the game – he puts defenses in a bind, and they, they have to play a certain way that maybe they don't want to play because they got to protect like what you're talking about. They might throw a screen to this guy, and he goes 70 up the sideline. They might throw a slant. Whoa, this guy went this way, this guy went this way. you know, And that, that would chop a big leg out of what Skyler, Skyler Thompson and, and his first start as an NFL quarterback could, could maybe do. He looked pretty good in the first game. He certainly wasn't deer in the headlights or anything like that. You know, That was a tough situation. And he made some nice throws, and I'd, I'd like to re, you know remind people the game was nineteen seventeen with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins missed a field goal, a long field goal. The Jets got a short field, and few plays touchdown. The next drive was a strip sack fumble, short field touchdown, and the game was kind of over. And then the Dolphins had to go for it on fourth down, backed up, and that so the forty to seventeen is very misleading. That game was very even, even with Skylar Thompson in the football game. And I don't put it past the Dolphins and them to be able to win this football game against Minnesota, who, you know, like you've said a few times in the show, not they're four and one respect. I like what, you know, Kevin O'Connell's doing. I'm, I'm not sure it's a real four and one yet. I think, I think no, we're both not. in agreement it's there. Not. Yeah, right. It's
2: okay. not. Yeah. Chris, I'm, I'm on with Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings every Wednesday morning, nine yeah. o'clock his time and right out of the gates to start his show. And and I say it almost every week. This is a team that seems destined to get to the playoffs, maybe win in the wild card round, and then come up against a great team in the divisional round and get destroyed, whether it's the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bucks, There's a ceiling on what the Vikings can do this year, and I don't care what their record is, and I don't care if they get lucky and keep drawing these inside straights and parlay it all the way to the one seed in the NFC that divisional round is when they're going to have somebody that they come up against that is clearly better than them now I guess there's a chance that they get better before our eyes and develop more confidence and uh, but but I just feel like I've seen this movie end for the Vikings this way pretty much every year since they made it to the Super Bowl when they've been good they run up against somebody that's better at some point before they can get back to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I know. I, I mean, I, I have that same feel for them as we sit here right now. But we'll see. Maybe they grow as a football team and continue to get better here. You know, and, and like we talk about, sometimes, yeah, they're still working out the kinks, a new offense, new defense on both sides of the ball. At least it's positive energy. You know, that's for sure. They seem to believe in themselves a little that way. And, you know, fortunate. Yeah, you're fortunate the way the schedule is sh- shaked out. They're just fortunate that you're going to get to play the Dolphins or the third-string quarterback to where maybe you could be sitting here 5-1. and one. And, oh, wow, now we go to the bye week, and, okay, we, we, we regather and continue to play better football to where they can maybe be a, a force. But I'm with you. I don't think they're in the class of, you know, like you're saying, the Eagles, Tampa, the 49ers, Dallas. Not yet. I'm not ready to put them in that class, that's for sure.
2: If we would have had this conversation on September eight, as the season was beginning five weeks ago today, and I would have told you that when the Jets and Packers prepare to play each other, they have the same record, <laughs> regardless of what that record is, we never would have dreamed they'd have the same record through five games. Whether it's both five and zero, or both zero and five, or somewhere in between, they're both three and two. Aaron Rodgers has a thumb injury; did not practice on Wednesday. Let's hear straight from the goat's mouth on the status of his thumb and whether it's going to slow him down for the Jets this weekend.
0: Yeah, thumb's all right. Uh, it was nice to get a day off today, do a little rehab. Um, but, you know, I'll uh, try to get back out there at to practice tomorrow and see how it feels
1: and be fine by Sunday, I'm sure. In the moment, you're still kind of uh, got the adrenaline going. Once the adrenaline wore off and got on the bus, got back to the airport on the plane, I, I knew
0: that it was uh, – banged up a little bit but it's gotten better since then every day and uh, I've been blessed with uh, big strong hands all my life and I expect to be out there uh, throwing it like normal
2: yeah look he'll be fine big strong hands he does he's got a bigger hands I've ever seen yeah what what happened to his thumb to injure it but I guess the bigger the thumb the easier it is for someone to hit it or step on it or whatever but it sounds like he'll be fine and and uh, hey Something he said, I think this was after the Giants' loss, the margins are very thin for them this year. They're not yes. blowing anyone out. They're no. not kicking the crap out of anybody. The 27-10 to 10 against the Bears was misleading. It was a close game in the fourth quarter. Right. They need all the help they can get. And and uh, you weren't here Monday when we talked about this. The comment that Jair Alexander made, I'm not panicked losing to the Giants, but if we lose to the Jets, then maybe I will be concerned. Rodgers called him out. He, There were guys in the locker room talking about losing to the Jets, and he was very upset about the negative energy that brings to the team. So there's at least a conversation in the building that this is a Jets team that could beat them. Now, that's better than not taking them seriously, but – it's a different vibe. This is not the 13-3, and 13-3 assembly line that we've seen under Matt LaFleur. They're going to no. have to fight and scratch and claw for every win. I
1: think so, too. I, I do. And, and even last year when they were, you know, whatever, 14-3 and 3 or 13-4, and 4 or whatever the hell they were, it, it, it wasn't a, oh, wow, look at them blow teams out all the time. You know, to me, and, and you heard me say this a million times last year, I thought they played it too close to the vest last year. And now they still play that same style, but they don't have Devontae Adams, and they're not quite as good on the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like Rodgers, because of the youngness of the receivers, doesn't trust them, and he just wants to throw everything short and get it out of his hands. And as you've heard me say a number of weeks in a row, and this still holds true over the last week, there's still plays where he drops back, and I go, you're Aaron Rodgers. That guy's open. You've got to throw it. You've got to throw it. Uh, That's great you threw it in the flat and got a completion in a second and seven, but that throw over the middle could have been first and ten, you know, 40 yards down the football field, and that's where, to me, it's got to change, and they let every team hang in there against them. So that's the the defense has been good, but it's a little bend-don't-breakish. It's not great or dominant that way, and the offense can have great consistency, but, you know, when you're a dink-and-dunk football team, What we saw last week in the second half, one sack or, you know, one negative run. And all of a sudden, whoa, it's hard for us to overcome second and 14 or third and 12. And they have issues there. And then, you know, they're better than the Jets, but this is scary. The Jets are like, to like what we talk about all the time, have a little belief and a little swagger in their step right now. And that's where it's, you know, going to be fun to watch uh, a little bit here because the pressure's on the Packers this weekend. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, another really good game this weekend because we have the Jets at 12 and I think the Packers at 9 in the power rankings. So several games this weekend pitting some of the best teams in the sport so far. We'll take a break. Feats of strength from week five when this Thursday edition of PFT Live presented by Google Pixel continues right after this. Matchup draft time for week six. We'll be a third of the way through the season when this week concludes. So anything that attracts your attention, anything that tickles your fancy, Chris, for this weekend, you've got the first selection. Oh
1: uh, Well, so. you're nice because we know what the first selection is, right? I mean, we know. What? We what? Know. Giddy up, giddy up, Josh Allen versus my homie, my homie, my homie. Yeah. Freaking Mahomes versus Allen? I mean, come on. I don't give a damn that they're not really against each other. They're against each other. These teams are built through the quarterback. And it's all about how they play and the pressure they put on, you know, the the opposing team, let alone we know there's a real rivalry here, whether it's, you know, Manning-Brady or Magic and Bird, whatever. It has that feel to it. And we've seen specialness from both of these guys, and both of these guys are on their A game right now. So that's where, to me, that's the marquee matchup of the weekend to see these two go at it.
2: There are some intriguing matchups in many of the games, but if we're going to focus on the best games of the weekend, the best matchups embedded in those, I'll go Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys defense yeah. because Jalen Hurts becoming a franchise quarterback before our eyes, but not quite at the level of the best guys in the game, facing arguably the best defense in the game right now. Cowboys and 49ers are the only teams who have not yet given up at least 20 points in any game this year will Jalen Hurts be able to move the ball effectively, make good decisions, make good read, make good throws with that defense that the Cowboys have amassed. So that to me is the is the obvious game within the game on Sunday night football.
1: Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm with you there. That that's something to watch for sure. And I even wrote down Eagles' O-line versus that Cowboys D-line. I mean, it's the it's the clash of the titans. You're right about that, and uh, the Dallas defense has been phenomenal. I mean, it, you know, to what you just said there, I mean, that that. The 49ers, 12 points per game. The Bills, 12 points per game. The Cowboys, 14 points a game, right? I mean, that's, that's amazing. And the arrow right now that we're playing in, where everything is skewed for the offense to score points and make plays, uh, it, it, it says something about the talent and the coaching those, those teams got. All right, um, my next one, I'm going to go – to the Patriots and Browns, and I'm going to go the Pats O-line versus the Browns D-line. I mean, the Browns D-line is not good. Other than Miles Garrett, they are not good. They are not good in the interior part of their offensive line. Their linebackers are small, and now they're playing what I think is really the, the hottest running game in the sport right now. I mean, you look at it. The last three weeks, you can't stop New England running the football. They ran the ball right up, right down the throat of the Ravens, right down the throat of the Packers, right down the throat of the Detroit Lions, and now you got a crappy run defense that let Austin Eckler and company run on them. I mean, that's when you know you're bad when the Chargers are run on you. So I'm looking forward to that one.
2: I'm going to go down to the Bayou here because Joe Burrow is back in New Orleans, Mm. back in the Superdome, back. In the show, they're giving away a shirt that spells Burrow. Remember when they spelled it the yeah the Louisiana way with the E A B whatever it was. It ends with an X. Uh, e A U X. Vowels, E-A-U-X. vowels E-A-U-X. and an X. Right. And but it ends with an X. Um. And how about Andy Dalton if he plays in this game if he starts this game, it's it'll be the third straight year with three different teams that he starts against the Bengals. He's like the team for which he's been a decade. Right. Cowboys in 2020. Bears last year saints this year if that happens so the the whether it's burrow i guess the headline is andy dalton against the bengals yet again but burrow back in new orleans i think is also i think burrow versus the, burrow
1: in louisiana is a better one i like that one better but yeah andy Dalton's right. becoming the kiss of death here as a, the backup quarterback he signs with your team you're like oh crap it's like the madden curse am i gonna get hurt because like, it it's seems like, fitzpatrick like that happens. used to be right every right. team that
2: ryan fitzpatrick signed with the starter ended up getting hurt amazing all right uh Let's take a break. We'll do round three when PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, matchup draft, week six edition, round three, starting now. Chris, who do you have?
1: Well, I'm going to go Giants to the G-Men and the Ravens. Yeah, big game at the Meadowlands in Jersey. And I look at uh, the Wink Martindale, ex-Defensive Coordinator for the Ravens, versus Greg Roman, uh, I don't know what happened with the Wink Martindale marriage of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't, uh, but he is, for my money, one of the best defensive minds in the sport. And you know, now he's going to get a chance to show what he knows about this Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson offense. I find that to be intriguing, and kind of who knows each other better to have that trick or two to to help them win the football game.
2: Well, and he's going to know Lamar Jackson as well as anyone yeah. after being there for his entire career until this season. And that defense hasn't been as good without him. I'm fascinated by the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan proxy war. That's going to play out in Miami between Shanahan protege, Mike McDaniel and McVay, former Lieutenant Kevin O'Connell. And uh, we'll see what these guys can cook up offensively to score enough points to try to win the game. And I, that that's just one that, they're not going to play each other but once every four years. But that's one that's got some some intrigue for me, Chris.
1: It, it does, definitely. I think, you know, we know, hey, Skylar Thompson or not, the Miami offense is dangerous. So that that's going to be fun to watch. And I don't think your Vikings defense is special. And then on the no. other side of the ball there, we know the Dolphins will play some aggressive defenses. And the Vikings can run the ball, and, you know, when they get that going, watch out because it's Justin Jefferson time for some one-on-one coverage. That could be a very fun watch uh, as far as the football game goes.
2: Another one we were talking about during break, the Lafleur brothers get together in Green Bay when Mike, the offensive coordinator of the Jets, comes to visit Matt, the head coach, a good one, the Packers. We'll see how that one goes. We're out of time. Picks podcast coming up, though. We'll see, see you soon.